Lecture topic. The True Mahajar. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi al-ladheen astafa. Amma ba'du fa'audhu billahi min ash-shaytan ar-rajim. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. إِنَّ عِدَّةَ الشُّهُورِ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ اثْنَا عَشَرَ شَهْرًا فِي كِتَابِ اللَّهِ يَوْمَ خَنَقَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضَ يَوْمَ خَنَقَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضَ مِنْهَا أَرْبَعَةٌ حُرُمٌ أَلِكَ الدِّينُ الْقَيِّمُ وَقَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ المهاجر من هجر ما نهى الله عنه او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وسفكتوا ان مايكرام بدر زانلس وي ار ناو ان ذا فيري مبارك منث اوف محرم ذا يير هاز تشينجد از ات از تيرمد از ا نيو يير that we are now in the 1444 year 1444 of the hijra calendar so the one aspect that this will take us to is that when the beginning of a month or the beginning of a year so automatically the beginning of the year also falls into this because every year commences with a new month the sahaba ikram there's one dua related in the books of hadith sharif which they would recite that they would learn this dua and they would recite it and the dua was allahumma adkhilhu alaina bil amni wal iman was salamati wal islam wa ridwanin min ar rahman wa jiwarin min ash shaitan the very short very simple dua but has very great lessons in it for us one is that this is a beginning of a new year we are well aware how other people commence their so called new year what is their way of receiving a new year how they conduct themselves in that moment in time that people leave their intelligence behind and they even term the period of time as the so called silly season that now because the new year is in their terms in their their new year will be coming in so now they have to leave their intelligence behind and behave and conduct themselves in a manner like as if they are no more insan also so this is what others who are bereft of iman devoid of iman they have no idea about akhirat no concern of akhirat this is how they conduct themselves but a mu'min person who has been blessed with iman so everything is how to get closer to allah taala because that is his ultimate wa ridwanum min allahi akbar the quran sharif allah taala says that the pleasure of allah taala that is the ultimate person who has attained that then he succeeded and he may outwardly have done a lot of things but he didn't gain allah taala's pleasure and everything is lost no benefit whatsoever if 
he did not gain Allah Ta'ala's pleasure because of the intention not being correct or the action being incorrect or whatever the motivation was was not in order or whatever other issue might be as a result of which that action got lost, got destroyed. So outwardly it might have been that a lot was done but Allah Ta'ala's pleasure was not received and if it was wrong action then that's already far away, that's gone. So the ultimate is to gain Allah Ta'ala's pleasure. That is the greatest concern. That is, my Allah please with me. So even in receiving a new month or a new year, so Sahaba Ikram, their dua, Allahumma adkhilu alina bil amni wal iman. Ya Allah, bring this upon us, enter this upon us, bil amn, with security and iman. That this must become a means of Goodness for us in terms of our security and iman. So security is very broad. It will primarily be and firstly be security of our deen. And then together with it security of our dunya also. But right at the very onset of this is the concern for iman. That this new month now is coming, this new year has come in. It's got nothing to do with just some celebration and making, behaving oneself like one doesn't have any intelligence. No, no, this is something to now be reflecting. What's going to bring me closer to Allah Ta'ala? So, bil amni wal iman, was salamati wal islam. Allah, bring it upon us with salamati, with safety and islam. And waridwanim min rahman And that rahman, ya Allah, you become pleased with us. Meaning, we are given the tawfiq to conduct ourselves in this month, in this year, in such a way that we earn your pleasure. Our lives come in accordance to what you have commanded. We conduct ourselves in a way that we are following the Mubarak way of Rasulullah So, Ya Allah, you grant us the tawfiq of doing that which will become a means of earning your pleasure. So, this is Ridwanim min rahman And at the same time, Wajiwarim min shaitan Ya Allah, you grant us the protection from shaitan. Make this month such that we become protected from shaitan in this month, in this year. So protected from shaitan, then we'll get protected from all the actions that shaitan take one to. Whether it's the sins of the eyes, sins of the ears, sins of the tongue, sins of the heart, whatever vices and fitna and fasad. So this is the first thing that is the lesson for any new month, any new year that comes in, that what was the mindset of the Sahaba Ikram? How did they receive this new month and this new year? Everything was received with the same concern. Concern for Iman, concern for Islam, concern for gaining the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala, concern for being safe from the treachery of Shaitan and the traps of Shaitan. Then as far as this month of Muharram is concerned, it's one of the Ashhurul Hurum. The four sacred months. The Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala mentions, Minha Arba'atun Hurum. Of the twelve months of the year, four are sacred. And in the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Islam explains these four months. Zul Qada, Zul Hijjah, and the third being Muharram. The fourth is Rajab. Allah Ta'ala has made it sacred. The sanctity didn't come from just anywhere. It came because Allah Ta'ala made it such. Allah Ta'ala made these occasions sacred so that his bandhas will take little extra note. 
This is a special time. It's a very sacred time. It's a time to become more conscious. It's a time to stay far away from what Allah is displeased with. So this is Allah Ta'ala's very great rahmat, blessing, grace, mercy. Allah Ta'ala has made some occasions for us, many occasions for us in the year. Which Allah Ta'ala has placed special significance in it. That my servant now will stop and take note. He will reflect. He will make amends. He will make this an opportunity to make toba to turn to Allah Ta'ala. Because when it's just one routine now, a person is going headlong in one direction. But now suddenly something comes which is now different. Something comes which is special. So it's hope that he will now stop and now use that as an opportunity to turn around. So Allah Ta'ala's special favor. So the month of Muharram, Allah Ta'ala has placed tremendous virtues in it. But before dealing and discussing those virtues, some of them briefly, one very important point for us to reflect on. That when the month of Muharram comes in, as we said now, this is a new year that has come in. It was 1443, now it's turned to 1444. And we should be conscious of the Islamic calendar. Though out of the need, because we are living in a place where the solar calendar is what is used, so we'll, we'll use it for the sake of now keeping track of whatever has to be kept track of. But that doesn't mean that we forget about what is our real calendar. The lunar calendar, which is the calendar which we follow, which all the aspects of Shariat are based on the lunar calendar. The months that go according to the lunar year. This too is something to take note of that in the solar calendar everything happens exactly at the same time of the year then. If something is going to be happening in July then July is in winter and forever it will be in winter. So if supposing it was Ramadan was supposed to be so to say according to the solar calendar in July in our whole life we would have had Ramadan in winter. And in other parts of the year, when at this time of the year it is summer, then their whole life they would have had Ramadan in summer. So some might wonder and feel that, well, it would be good for us, Ramadan in winter all life long. But this is Allah Ta'ala's nizam and his system, that Allah Ta'ala made it such, that Ramadan will be part of the lunar calendar, if a person lived had 30 Ramadans in his life, for example, he lived from the time of Buluh, for 30 Ramadans he experienced in his life, so those 30 Ramadans will take him into every season. It will be sometimes Ramadan would have come in winter, and sometimes in summer, and sometimes in spring and autumn, and he would have experienced every Ramadan. Now sometimes a person is ill, for example, and he is chronically ill. And chronically ill to the point where that he has been officially given the fatwa by some mufti that if you do not manage to fast, you are excused because of your extent of illness. Not just because it's something in the mind. Not just because it's something that now somebody said something, but it is genuinely the position. But now he would then be unable to fast throughout his life. But he says, well, okay, in the summer months, 
a bit beyond my capacity because of my major and severe illness, but the winter months is going to be possible for me. So he too will try in the winter months and not be totally deprived of having made some effort to keep some fast. Then somebody wants to really attain Laylatul Qadr in a way that he hasn't missed one moment of that night. Now the summer nights come, Ramadan is in summer, uh, in, in winter, the winter nights are very long. He says, I can't manage staying awake so long. I didn't want to miss one moment, but I slept away half the night. But then comes the summer nights, which are very short. By the time he finished the Ravi, he says, well, only four hours left, five hours left. Very comfortably, I'm going to be able to make ibadat the whole night. So, subhanallah, Allah Ta'ala's nizam, that Allah Ta'ala made it possible for everyone to take a part in everything, in getting closer to Allah Ta'ala. And like this, we see all the various a'mal, due to this rotation, it brings a person through different situations. He will sometimes have it easy, and sometimes a little bit more mujahada. But in this, he is getting trained for everything, and getting trained to get closer to Allah Ta'ala. That he's not a slave of routine, He's a slave of the command of Allah Ta'ala. He's a slave of Allah Ta'ala. So in any case, this lunar calendar that we follow, our year commences with Muharram. The calendar commences, we call it the Hijra calendar, it commences with Muharram. Muharram is the first month of the year, but we term it as the Hijra calendar. So why the Hijra calendar? So this calendar started off in the time of Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu ta'ala. That in his time he made mashura with the Sahaba that we need to make a starting point in terms of the year. Prior to that, major incidents, something of importance, it was related to some event of very great significance. Like in the time before Rasulullah sallam was the Amul Feel. The time when Abraha came with his elephants to try and march on the Kaaba Sharif and Allah Ta'ala caused that whole army to be destroyed. That army of elephants, Allah Ta'ala caused it to be destroyed with little pebbles that were dropped from the beaks of little birds. This is Allah Ta'ala Shan. Allah Ta'ala wishes to manifest his Qudrat. So now they were huge elephants. Allah Ta'ala could have sent dragons also. Allah Ta'ala could have sent some other bigger animal. To destroy those elephants. Allah could have destroyed it with his hukam without anything also. But in the land of Asbab, in the world of Asbab, Allah Ta'ala could have sent a bigger suburb, a bigger means. But Allah Ta'ala manifests his qudrat that this huge elephant, when Allah rolls, then small birds, which if that elephant just has to blow hard enough, that bird will fly away also. Small little birds, and in those small birds, small pebbles. When Allah wills, then what is huge and what is big and what is mighty? Nothing is mighty in front of Allah Ta'ala. Then it is that small little pebble Allah Ta'ala caused it, it fell onto the rider's head and it went right through him and through that animal and killed both. <coughs> and in this manner, every one of those people, that entire army was destroyed. Allah Ta'ala's qudrat is being manifested. So, this was an extraordinary event. And things were related. So many years before Amul Feel, before the year of the elephants, this happened. So many years after the year of the elephants, this happened. This was how it was generally calculated. Or oh, some other extraordinary event. 
But then Umar ibn Khattab said, we should have our own specific calendar. So he made mashwara with the Sahaba Ikram. Somebody suggested something, somebody suggested something. But eventually everybody was unanimous on when this was proposed that the Hijra should be the starting point. Which year did Nabi Islam migrate from Makkah Mukarramah to Madina Munawwara? Otherwise his Bi'asad, the time when he was granted Nubuwad, that could have been the first year of Hijra, the first year of the Islamic calendar. It could have been his birth. It could have been the date of demise of Rasulullah But it was the Hijra that was selected and established as the starting point. So now when we say 1444, it is 1444 from the time Nabi Sallallahu made Hijrat. Not from the time that he became the Nabi of Allah Ta'ala, from the time he was born, from the time of his Hijrat. And every day that we will see the calendar which we should be doing, we should be remembering it. Today what's the Islamic date? So then it's meant to remind us and every time that the new year especially will come, it's meant to remind us of the hijrat, the migration. This was the whole purpose of selecting this, that the hijrat was such a great aspect in the life of Rasulullah and the Sahaba Ikram, that this was meant to be remembered by everybody till Qiyamah, because it has so much in it for us. So many lessons to be kept alive. So there's many, many details about the Hijrah. But just to take this in the light of one Hadith Sharif of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. In one Hadith, Nabi sallallahu is reported to have said, Al-Muslimu man salim al-Muslimuna min lisanihi wa yadihi. Wal-Muhajiru man hajara maanaha Allahu anhu. Or kama qala al-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The first part of the Hadith Sharif, the Muslim, who is a Muslim? Al-Muslim, the person who truly deserves the title, the person who can be called a good Muslim, together with all his attributes, whatever qualities he should have in him, it is that person who others are safe from the harm of his hand and tongue, from his tongue and hand, meaning he causes no harm to anybody with his words or with his actions. He is a Muslim. In other words, if this is not the case, if his words are bitter, his words are humiliating, degrading, hurtful, just causing harm and causing pain, shattering hearts, then this title is now not fully applicable. There's a very great deficiency. And likewise actions. What kind of actions? If the actions are causing harm to others, causing difficulty, there is a very big deficiency in deserving this title. So in any case, that's the first part of the Hadith Sharif. And the second part of the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Islam says, muhajir. Who is the Muhajir? The Muhajir is the person who has left out what Allah has forbidden. Hijrat comes from Hajr. Hajim Ra Hajar. Hajr means to leave. So a person leaves behind something due to whatever the negative situation might be, due to it being disliked or being uncomfortable or being whatever the issue is in a literal sense. 
leaving something behind for something better. So Rasulullah was in Makkah Mukarramah after Nubuwa 13 years and in this 13 years of being in Makkah Mukarramah after Nubuwa the difficulties, the hardships just continued to mount and escalate. And the persecution, difficulties and hardships we think about in terms of our situation. What worse can we imagine? And on that level we would we imagine the word difficulty, on that level we imagine the word hardship, we imagine the word calamity, but our wildest imaginations cannot imagine what was the extent of difficulty and hardship that was put upon Rasulullah and the Sahaba Kiram, that it is beyond our understanding and imagination, our thinking, our comprehension. We will be able to read about the incidents, We'll be able to hear about it, we might be able to speak about it, but we'll never get to a fraction of the reality of it. And this continued to mount and continued to escalate. The Nabi Sallallahu gave the permission to some Sahaba initially to make hijrat to Habasha, Abyssinia. Some went and they came back, some went again. Eventually, Allah Ta'ala gave the permission to Rasulullah Sallallahu before him, Nabi Sallallahu himself had given permission to many Sahaba to make hijrah and carry on to Madinah Munawwara. After the Bayatul Aqaba, after the people of Madinah Munawwara came for Hajj in the 10th year of Nubuwad and then the 11th year of Nubuwad and they presented the invitation to Nabi Sallallahu and Nabi Sallallahu finally accepted but first he sent off many Sahaba. Eventually the permission came from Allah Ta'ala to migrate to Madinah Munawwara. At that point in time, this had come to that peak where by that time the Quraysh had made a resolution that now we cannot let this go anymore. The very night that Nabi Wasallam made Hijrat and left, that was the night that they were going to execute their plan. Plan of what? Plan of executing Nabi Wasallam and assassinating him. Na'uzubillah. It had come to this point. But this too, when it came right to that point, that to the extent that they surrounded the house of Nabi Wasallam, Allah Ta'ala manifested his qudrat. This could have been done in a way where, while they were still thinking that we should do this, Allah Ta'ala would have given the permission to Nabi Wasallam to quietly move away. They wouldn't even noticed. They wouldn't have noticed also until it was too late. Until he would have been gone already to Madinah Munawara. They would have thought he's probably gone somewhere, one, two days, he's coming back. But Allah Ta'ala did not make it happen in that way. When it came to its peak, and they surrounded the house of Rasulullah waiting that when he will come out the next morning, they planned it in such a way that one person from every tribe was put into this whole group. So that all will pounce at once. And when all pounce at once, it will be too difficult for the Banu Hashim to now take revenge because the whole rest of the Arab tribes are all involved in this. It's not one tribe alone that is involved in it. Now the blood, so to say, is in everybody's hands. And they will have no power to now take on the rest of the Arab nation. To this extent this planning went. 
And now when everybody has surrounded the house of Rasulullah sallallahu waiting now for him to emerge, so they will now carry out this terrible deed of theirs. Allah Ta'ala brings Nabi Islam out of the same house and he is throwing dust on their heads as he is walking and they can't see a thing. Allah Ta'ala blinds them and وَجَعَلْنَا مِن بَيْنِ أَيْدِيهِمْ سَدَّى وَمِن خَلْفِهِمْ سَدَّى فَأَخْشَيْنَاهُمْ فَهُمْ لَا يُبْصِرُونَ Nabi Islam walked away from there and was gone and he had Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala sleep on his bed so they were still under the impression somebody is still inside the house. It must be Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And in the morning when they waited and found nobody coming out, when they rushed in, they see Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala. And in the meantime, the details are many. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala proceeded to the cave where they remained uh, for three days and nights until finally they left from there and reached Makkah Mukarramah, Madinah Munawwara. But the point that we are getting at is, that the difficulties and hardships had come to this peak where there was now this decision, this resolution to take the life of Rasulullah and at that point Allah Ta'ala gave this permission to now make hijrat to Madinah Munawara now this is that hijrat of leaving one's place, leaving one's home town, leaving one's homeland where it has become impossible now to carry out the command of Allah Ta'ala. Because that was the case now here. Neither could they perform their salah. Here now their lives now are going to be taken away because of taking the name of Allah Ta'ala. So this is one hijrat, which at that time was farz. To make hijrat from Makkah, Mukarramah to Madina Munawara was compulsory. After Makkah, Mukarramah was conquered, Nabi Islam said, La hijrata ba'd al-yawm, ba'd al-fatah. After the conquest of Makkah Mukarramah, that hijrat is no more compulsory. Because Makkah Mukarramah is now a place where you can freely practice your deen. In any case, that is one hijrat, the external hijrat. The hijrat is zahira, the external hijrat. Migrating from one place to another place to safeguard one's deen and iman. To be able to practice one's deen without any hindrance, without any obstacle, the practicing of the fundamentals of deen, practicing the shair of Islam, the salah, being able to perform one's duties, so that is one hijrat. And at one point in time that was farz. And it can become farz upon a person if the circumstances come again in whichever part of the world where he is unable to perform his salah anymore, he is unable to carry out the commands of Allah Ta'ala, and become compulsory for him to leave from there, if he has the ability. But there is another hijrat. Nabi Islam said, look, that hijrat is over. For now, that hijrat is over. From Makkah Mukarramah to Madina Munawwara, that is no more applicable on the first level. But, now somebody would have been very sad, that I didn't get this opportunity of hijrat, because I was already in Madinah Munawwara, for example. Or somebody became a Muslim only on the time of the conquest of Makkah Mukarramah. So now there would have been this grief that, how I wish I had the opportunity of Hijrat. Nabi Islam said, the door of Hijrat is Zahira. That is no more there, but there is another Hijrat which is open till Qiyamah. And whether somebody will come in the 20th century, whether somebody will be in South Africa, or where he might be living in the world, 
But the door of hijrat is open to him till qiyamah. And he will also be raised among the muhajireen. The muhajireen, muhajireen we can't understand what is the rank and the level of the muhajireen. What Allah Ta'ala has mentioned in the Quran Sharif about the muhajireen, what Nabi Islam has mentioned in the ahadith about the muhajireen, there's no time to go into those details, a very, very high rank. Nabi Islam says, Ansar, subhanallah, what a great rank of the Ansar. But nevertheless, Hijrat is Hijrat. Had it not been for the rank of Hijrat, I would have become one of the Ansar. But Hijrat is Hijrat. Ansar are very, got a very high position. But Hijrat is Hijrat. So now this is that opportunity for the person who never had that opportunity of Hijrat to still be raised among the Muhajireen. And how is that going to be possible? Nabi Islam says as hijrat batina This was hijrat zahira The external hijrat. There's an internal hijrat. The internal hijrat, hijr, hajr, hajr means to leave. Nabi Islam says the true muhajir. And this is really the essence of hijrat. If a person left Bakka Mukarrama in that time also, when it was Farz, and he came to Madinah Munawwara, but he came with the wrong reason. Somebody made the hijrat for dunya, so that he may gain some dunya. So he'll gain what he gained, what he came for. But it's not for Allah Ta'ala, he got nothing. So the true essence of hijrat is the hijrat batina, the internal hijrat. Nabi Islam says the true muhajir is the one who leaves out what Allah Ta'ala has forbidden. He's all the time making hijrat. He is getting the reward of hijrat repeatedly every day if he is forsaking what Allah Ta'ala has forbidden. In another hadith sharif, the same message is given but the wording is slightly different. He leaves out sin. So now the person who leaves out Kufr and comes to Islam, he is making hijrat from Kufr to Islam. The person leaves out deviation and comes to Hidayat, he is making hijrat from deviation to Hidayat. The person leaves out ghaflat and heedlessness and he comes to the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala, he is making hijrat from ghaflat to zikr. The person who leaves out sin and comes to obedience. He's making hijrat from ma'asi to ta'a. From sin to obedience. The person who does whatever is required to get closer to Allah Ta'ala. And if that needs leaving out things, he's ready to leave it out. He's a muhajir. Well, muhajiru man hajara an. The muhajir is the one who leaves what Allah Ta'ala is forbidden. So Nabi Islam opened the door of hijrat till qiyamah. One is the hijrat zahira the external hijrat. That is not always there. That was there at that time and could, can happen somewhere again. But the hijrat batina is forever open. And how? That a person keeps trampling those haram desires, keeps leaving behind all the sins and vices, and makes hijrat towards the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. Person was neglecting his salah, he now makes... Hijrat from that neglect. 
and he comes onto the performance of salah. A person was neglecting the tilawat of the Quran Sharif, he comes out of that neglect, he makes hijrat from that towards tilawat. A person was very conducting himself in a very bad manner in terms of his akhlaq. Poor character. Uh, he makes hijrat from that poor character to good akhlaq. He's a muhajir in that sense. And in this manner we can go through the, all the various things that we can think about. Making hijrat from all the wrong things towards the good things. All the things that please shaitan. Making hijrat from that and coming to that which pleases Rahman. So now every time that we speak about the calendar, this is the Hijra calendar, today is 1444 Hijri and Muharram, it's meant to bring our minds towards the reality of Hijrat and our hearts towards the reality of Hijrat and to keep checking within ourselves to make muhasaba, how much Hijrat am I making? Have I made Hijrat today? How many times? Hijrat from where to where? In terms of my Hijrat of Batin. So this is the Hijra calendar is meant to bring us closer to the spirit of Hijrat. That we keep preparing ourselves to make Hijrat from all the wrongs, all the vices and the sins and come to the obedience of Allah wa ta'ala. So this month of Muharram as mentioned at the beginning is a very very virtuous month. And Allah Ta'ala is Allah Ta'ala has placed this virtue. Allah Ta'ala has made it virtuous. In one hadith sharif, Nabi Islam says that the most virtuous fast after the fast of Ramadan are the fast of Shahrullahil Muharram, the month of Allah Ta'ala, which is Muharram. That is on a general note throughout the month. And then the tenth of Muharram, the day of Ashura, the one who keeps the fast of the day of Ashura becomes a means of compensation of the past year's sins, the minor sins. Now Allah Ta'ala out of His grace and mercy, makes this opportunity that keep this one fast, especially now in the winter months, so easy, no difficulty at all. It's like a person had a little bit of a earlier breakfast and a little bit of a, or a late breakfast in time almost, and a little bit of a late sup, uh, lunch. It's roughly like that. The winter months are so easy. But for that little effort, Allah Ta'ala shows his grace to the point that a person's minor sins of the year that has passed are forgiven. But now what is meant to do? It's meant to make the person sit up and take note. Allah Ta'ala is showering his grace so much for this one little fa- short fast, for this short time that I'm going to fast for, Allah Ta'ala will shower his grace and forgive all my minor sins. Should I not take toba from the major sins? Should I not now take note and sit up and take a lesson and make toba? person who has some level of understanding, he'll make Tawbah then. And that's what is meant to jolt us towards. Make Tawbah from all the things that are displeasing to Allah Taala. Whether it refers to our ibadat which we are neglecting, whether it is in terms of our mu'amalat, our dealings, our mu'asharat and social life, how we live with our families, how we live with our parents, with our neighbors, with people in society, how we conduct our dealings, what is our akhlaq all about. So now, to make toba from all the vices and sins and disobedience and zulm, and now to come towards Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. So now that toba, so this should become a means of moving us towards toba. So one is this fast, very virtuous, but Nabi Islam also encouraged that fast on the 9th, 
together with the 10th of Muharram or the 10th and 11th. This is a detailed discussion in itself, but this was to oppose the Yahud. The Yahud are fasting as well, but have nothing to do with resembling them in any way, not even externally, unintentionally. That you are not fasting because of them, but the outer resemblance to is no good. Leave it out. So you break that resemblance by fasting two days. Now this is a very big lesson for us as well, to keep now working towards coming closer to the Sunnah in every aspect of life. And getting further and further away from the ways of the Yahud and Nasara. Then the other aspect about the 10th of Muharram, the day of Ashura, is mentioned in the Hadith Sharif, and Nabi Salaam says, مَنْ وَسَّعَ عَلَىٰ عِيَالِهِ يَوْمَ عَاشُرَىٰ وَسَّعَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ السَّنَةَ كُلَّهَا The one who is generous upon his family on the day of Ashura. مَنْ وَسَّعَ عَلَىٰ عِيَالِهِ The word Iyal refers to his dependence. So this is not some customary thing. People now in the emulation of others on the day of Ashura now are posting gifts all over the place. And now this becomes another whole gone in some other direction. This is the person on his dependence, those who are in his household. So now he spends something more on them on the night of, on the day of Ashura in terms of the meal of the day. Give them some gifts, it's alright. But that's not the issue. The thing is the meal of the day. And this is referring to his dependence, Iyal. It's not to be made like one another custom. These are not things that are and part of deen. It should not be made part of deen. What is in deen, that's where it should remain. What's the way of Rasulullah We keep it there, that's where the barakat is, that's where Allah's pleasure is. So, this is the very great virtue of being generous upon one's family of this day. Nabi Islam says, Allah will show His generosity upon him throughout the year. So these are things meant to give us many, many lessons. The lesson of generosity, the lesson of just having this big heart in every aspect, not just in terms of spending, but a big heart, heart of forgiveness, heart of compassion, heart of kindness. Allah Ta'ala, out of His grace and mercy, has given us these opportunities to take a look back at ourselves, to reflect to make amends, to come back to Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. And the very big lesson that we get on this occasion is the lesson of the hijrat. Allah Ta'ala make us among the true muhajireen. Those who truly make hijrat to Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala by forsaking everything that Allah Ta'ala is displeased with. Allah Ta'ala make us among His true and obedient servants. Keep us steadfast on Iman, take us on Iman, and raise us on the day of Qiyamah to Iman. Wa akhiru da'wana an alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin.
Allah accept our tawbah, ya Allah. Allah grant us istiqamah on this tawbah, ya Allah. Allah, you save us from all the vices and sins, ya Allah. Allah, we are making hijrat from all the sins and vices, ya Allah. Allah, we are making hijrat from the sins of the eyes, ya Allah. Allah, make us true muhajiris in this regard, ya Allah. We are making hijrat from the sins of the ears and tongue and hands and feet, ya Allah. The sins of the hand, from the heart, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, ya Allah. Allah, you accept our tawbah, ya Allah. Allah, you accept us among the muhajireen, ya Allah. Allah, you save us from all the fitna and fasad, ya Allah. Make us steadfast on salah, ya Allah. Enable us to perform our five times daily salah with jama'ah, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, grant us khushu and khudu in our salah, ya Allah. Enable us to recite the Qur'an Sharif daily, Allah. Enable us to be forever in your zikr and remembrance, Allah. Enable us to talk to you in dua daily, Allah. Allah grant us, Allah, hearts that are filled with your muhabbat, Allah. Grant us hearts that are filled with the muhabbat of Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah, remove the love of dunya from our hearts, Allah. Remove all the haram and filth from our hearts, Allah. Ilahul alameen, Allah, all those who are sick, give them shifai, kamila, ajila, mustamirra, daima. Allah, remove every trace of their ailments, Allah. Allah, whatever difficulties and hardships anybody is in, Allah, you remove it with afiyat, Allah. Ilahul alameen, grant the best of dunya and akhirat to each one, Allah. Ilahul alameen, Allah, grant us the concern of our akhirat, Allah. Allah, grant us the concern of our qabr, Allah. Ilahul alameen, make our greatest aspiration to get close to you, Allah. Make our greatest desire to please you, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, you save us from the traps of nafs and shaitan, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, all those who are sick, give them complete shifaya, shifaya, complete afiyat, Ya Allah. Those with any difficulties and hardships, remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, you unite the hearts of spouses, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of parents and children, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of family members, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of the ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahul alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, all that we have asked for, Ya Allah, out of your grace and mercy, grant it to us, Ya Allah. What we should have been asking for, it did not ask. Allah, grant us that as well, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna nas'aluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa na'udhu bika min shari masta'adaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammadun sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Anta al-musta'an wa alayka al-balaq. Wa la hawla wa la quwata illa billahi al-adhi al-azim. وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه معين والحمد لله